when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Hey guys, Sari Delamont here. This is a recent Facebook Live that we've uploaded as a podcast. Enjoy. Hey there, trial attorneys. Glad to be with you this Wednesday morning for a Facebook Live. Um, So today we're going to be talking about relationship versus issue or issue versus relationship, however I, I typed it in there. And why you have to understand the difference if you really want to get good at trial, um, if not at life. This is really a great concept that I think a lot of people don't understand because I think we tend to hold as a society, especially Western society, relationship as the holy grail. I mean, if you have been to TLC, for example, which I regard very highly, and I know probably 80% of my clients have been through the trial lawyers college or one of their weekend programs, but relationship is king there. It's all about creating relationships with your client, with yourself, with, with the jurors. And I'm not suggesting that relationship isn't important in voir dire. What I am suggesting is that if you want to get really good at communication with jurors or anyone else, you have to understand timing. All good communication comes down to timing. In fact, it's not really the skills that are important. It's about when to use particular skills. That's what really gets you your biggest bang for your buck. So in our programs, we of course teach you the nonverbal communication skills, but then we don't just stop there. We also teach you when to use each, because if you remove the timing piece, you're not going to be very effective. So relationship versus issue is a huge timing issue. So here's the thing to remember, is that every communication situation falls into one of two buckets. You are either tending to the relationship or dealing with an issue. Now, this means everything. I'm talking about jurors, I'm talking about ordering coffee, I'm talking about even with your spouse, who you are in relationship with, or your significant other, or friendship, there are times when you're gonna be tending to the relationship, going on date nights, you know, saying nice things to each other, and there are times when you have to deal with the issue, like, okay, when is Johnny's soccer practice, and how are we gonna handle that bill that's coming up next month, or who's doing the taxes, right? So every communication situation is in one of two buckets. Now, there's a lot of of stuff out there in terms of trial world, how your job as a trial attorney is to get the jurors to trust you. And I'm going to quibble with that a little bit. Yes, there's trust involved for sure. But I think of primary importance is that you must get not the jurors trust right away. You must get their permission. Now, the way that we define permission is how receptive someone is to you or your message. And permission is nonverbal. It's not something that people give you verbally, although people can give it to you verbally. I mean, you can go and ask someone, hey, do I have your permission to do such and such thing? And they can say yes or no. And 
here's what's important to remember is that oftentimes when they say yes, they actually mean no, right? So I think about the times where I've been, you know, in the gym and some guy approaches me and he says, do I have permission to show you something, you know, on the weight machine or whatever it is that we're talking about? And I'm like, I mean, before, not now, like 20 years ago, I was like, yes. Did he have my permission? No. So permission is primarily nonverbal and you can think of it and I may have talked about this in previous um, podcasts or Facebook lives, but I think it's so important to really understand this. You can think about it like a thermometer of sorts, right? So it's not like some, once you have it, you have it. It's something that can go up and down. So as you increase permission, you may then say something that you stick your foot in your mouth and boom, permission goes down again. So it really is, hi, Kent. Um, it really is something that goes up and down from time to time. That's what's important to understand about permission. But your role as a trial attorney is to increase permission little by little. And the way you do that is by meeting people where they are. That's the important part to remember. You know, I remember speaking on, on stage with uh, Rick Friedman and someone in the audience says, you know, how close should I stand to the jury? And I said, three and a half feet. I have no idea. It depends how much permission you have with the jury and they'll tell you if you know what to look for. And in fact, I'll do a whole Facebook live on permission and how to read permission. But here's what's important to remember in terms of voir dire and life is that everyone at any given time is in one or other bucket. They're either there for relationship with you or they're there for issue. Now when we're talking about jurors, you have to understand that there is no juror on the planet that wakes up in the morning and the, of jury selection and thinks, you know what, I cannot wait till I get to the courthouse to have a relationship with Mr. or Mrs. Attorney. I mean, it just doesn't exist. Every juror, I can almost guarantee you this, I might be wrong one or two occasions, is there because they have to be there, which means they're in the issue bucket. And yet, what do you do as trial attorneys? You try to get them into the relationship bucket. You try to say, I'm here to get you to like and trust me. I wanna hear about you, what you're reading. I wanna hear about um, your passions. I wanna talk to you about all these personal things. And jurors are thinking, are, are you fucking kidding me? I don't know you. I don't wanna be here. I, I don't know what this is about. I, I'm not about to tell you what my my thoughts and feelings are about personal stuff. So when we're talking about issue versus relationship, two things. One, to increase permission, as I've said, you have to meet people where they are. And we know that jurors are in the issue bucket when we start voir dire. But two, people don't always stay where they where they started. So you have to be adaptable in your communication as well. So it's not like jurors are just issue and that's the end of the story and here we go. You know, in my book, From Hostage to Hero, which is coming out, you know, later this year, I, keep, I love saying that, in my book, I just like that. Okay, so in my book, From Hostage to Hero, I'm talking about how you have to form the group for several reasons in voir dire. So you have to form the group so that you can, it's easier, for example, right? When we're trying to read the jury non-verbally or otherwise, when you're trying to read individual people, whether that's 6, 12, 30, 80, it's impossible. All right, so forming the group helps you be able to read a thing versus 
12, 10, 15 things or 30 or even more things. So it helps you that way. It helps provide safety. It does all these kinds of things. There's lots and tons of reasons to form the group. But one of the reasons to form the group is to understand what culture truly lives there. Meaning once a group forms, you can now start to see whether it's more relationship oriented. Thanks for the love, Mila. And or if it's more issue oriented. Now, as a trial attorney, if you're thinking uh, all of my jurors or juries have always been issue oriented, two things are possible in that situation. One is that because court is such an issue-oriented place, it's more likely that your jurors will stay in the issue-oriented culture unless there's a very strong push by you to form them, right? Um, and two, it could just be that, you know, you jurors just your jury just happens to be issue-oriented. Those of you, Kent is one of them who's coming out to um, our April voir dire, and those of you who've been in our April voir dire, or April, been in our Wadir studio, regardless of the month, you'll know that I talk quite about a lot about this. So we're going to show you in the studios um, as we're watching the videos or those of you who are watching in the back room while the people in the front room are going, you're going to start to learn. And we don't do this much in the opening class. It's more in the, in the Wadir class to watch the group form and to identify culture and go, ah, what culture is now showing up? And it's just fascinating. I mean, both, you know, Christy and Kevin and I, the, the, the people behind the scenes, we still geek out on this stuff, not to mention when you guys start to be able to see it and identify it, it's so exciting. But you'll see that some particular groups are high issue. And that could be in the morning or the afternoon. There's no rhyme or reason of when we get an, an issue-oriented group or relation-oriented group. And the guys and gals that come to the studio have learned the techniques to form the group. So these are formed groups now that are showing up in a particular way. And so sometimes it's an issue-oriented culture and sometimes it's a relationship-oriented culture, but you'll never know what culture lives there until you form the group. And that's true of all kinds of things because here's what you have to keep in mind. When we see, let's talk about individual jurors. When we see very relational jurors, for example, so these are your jurors that lean forward and they go, mm hmm, yeah, oh, mm. you know, they're giving you lots of this kind of positive body language. As a trial attorney, you tend to look at that and you go, yes, I'm doing awesome. Not necessarily. I mean, maybe you're doing awesome and we hope you're doing awesome. And if you're Kent, who I keep picking on anytime, even live Kent, like when you're on, online, I pick on you. Kent is awesome. So he probably is doing awesome things. But here's my point is that relationship oriented jurors tend to have public and private behavior. So they will in public do this because as a relationship oriented person, it's very important to be polite, but they may be thinking, oh my God, this guy or gal is a total idiot. And then they'll go home and in, in private, they will say to their spouse or significant other, you wouldn't believe this jerk in court today. On the flip side, you might see the issue oriented juror rarely ever holds or shakes his head, moves his head or her head, arms crossed, total like rarely blinks and you think, oh my God, this is a bad juror for me. This is going to be awful, horrible. Not necessarily. That just means that this particular juror is all about facts, evidence, and logic, right? Where this juror is a little bit more interested in emotion, story, feelings. So do you see how important it is to both not make stories up about body language, but also start to see what kind of culture lives in your particular jury. I think that's really important when we're talking about 
why to form the group and how to read the group. But in terms of the beginning, which is the whole point of this Facebook Lab, I'm going off on tangent, of issue versus relationship, we definitely want to feed the need that jurors have for issue. Because they're in the issue bucket, we must also go there too. We cannot decide, hey, you know what? I want you in the relationship bucket, so here we go. That's not how it works. That's not how communication works. We meet people where they are, and here's what's important. Because when we do that, that's one way we increase permission. Permission is a function of three things, context, timing, and need. So here we're talking about need. What do jurors need at the beginning? Well, what they need is to know why the hell they're there. That's what they need. They need context and they need it now. They're like, what am I doing here? How long do I have to stay here? What is my job? How am I going to get picked? Am I, am I going to get picked? And when you start to answer those questions for them, when you start to tell them why they're here, how the process works, who you are, something very amazing happens. Permission starts to go up and then it starts to become easier to get them to go into the relationship bucket. They get to tell you what they need. And we know by watching them, I mean, watch any jurors at the very beginning of jury selection, you'll see that they're quite very clearly in the issue bucket. And as we meet that need for issue, we say, here's why you're here. Here's what it is that we're asking you to do. Here's what this case is about. You can see that thermometer of permission start to rise because they start to go, okay, finally someone's going to tell me something. You know, there's nothing on that jury summons that tells them what, why they're there. They go into that room and they sit with a bunch of strangers and they have no idea why they're there and they're there for hours. They finally get called into the courtroom and they still don't know why they're there. And suddenly people are going to ask them questions and they don't know why they're there. They feel like everyone else is on the inside joke except for them. They're like, what? This is so unfair. And now you want to answer questions? Listen, we have to prime the pump before we get things going. It's amazing in the Wadir studio as you start to see this warm up. And in fact, because there's six attorneys, the sixth attorney obviously has it easiest because the group, you know, in the first group, of course, we changed the order in the second group, but it just gets warmer and warmer and warmer and warmer and warmer. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that they can't do anything to screw it up. I've seen it where the group, you know, the group was warmed up and then attorney four comes out and says or does something and the group's back to zero permission, right? So, it's not about a formula or a technique. It's about you thinking, where is this juror or barista or my wife or my husband or my kid or my colleague at right now? And the way that you can determine that is non-verbally, of course. So you know that someone is in issue mode when they are using authoritative body language and voice pattern. So the body of standing or sitting is very still, and very weight even over both sit bones or standing over both feet. If they're gesturing, the palms are down. The head is barely moving, even when they're speaking. Notice how my mouth is, is pretty much the only thing moving. My head isn't you know, bobbing or nodding or anything. It's really still, chin tips a little down, voice curls down. And we had a great question on the last Facebook Live. By the way, I go live 9.15 on the Sorry Delamont page on just general communication stuff. 10 o'clock here. So you can attend both if you just like want like so much sorry, you just can't get enough. Like Kent, I and mean, he just loves me so much. Kent, I just feel sorry for you. I pick on you all the time. Um, so what we're talking about here is this authoritative body language voice pattern. So the question that we had on the last one is, you know, isn't voice pattern verbal? I don't, how is that nonverbal? 
anytime we're talking about verbal skills, we're talking about words, right? So when you speak and you're using words, you're using both verbal and nonverbal. There's the verbal, the actual words, and the nonverbal, which is the tone that supports the words, the way in which you're saying the words. So that's how voice pattern is nonverbal. So if you see someone with highly authoritative nonverbals, in general, that tends to mean that they are in the issue bucket. They are all about productivity, what's the deal here, how much time is this going to take, let's go, right? If you meet that need, permission will go up. It's literally that simple. It's that simple. If, however, you see someone who has palms up and that head tilts or is nodding and the voice pattern, notice how it's a little bit more rolly now and the weight might be uneven or they might lean forward, that tends to be a sign that they are in relationship mode and that relationship is the, the most important thing to them. You know, clients often ask me when I meet a, a, a client for a first time, you know, should I get straight to the point or should I try to, you know, do some small talk? And I said, I can't answer that for you because your client is going to tell you. Meaning if your client comes in and they give you lots of eye contact and you say, hey, thanks for coming in. They're like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, thanks for helping me out. This is just wonderful. I'm so glad. That's communicating to you. Don't go to the issue. Spend some time with the relationship. Say, okay, well, you know, why don't you have a seat? How are you doing? I know this has been tough. You know, is, is there anything you need right now? Can I get you some coffee? You know, tell me a little bit about your background, right? That's your cue to go to relationship. And in fact, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about nonverbal intelligence, that you can read these things and give people what they need, increasing permission. Now, if you have a client that comes in and is all business and barely gives you any eye contact and you say, thanks for coming, they go, great, thanks. Do you want me to sit there? Where do you need me? And you try to go to, to small talk because that's what you do. That's your thing. You're going to lose permission because you're not meeting the person where they are. Look, we're not saying relationship good, issue bad, issue good, relationship bad. We're saying what do people need and give it to them. That's what we're talking about. So to bring it back to Wadir, we know unless some alien species has landed and have created new jurors, that jurors are in the issue bucket and that you have to meet them there first and foremost before permission starts to raise and then you can go more toward relationship and 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 take the opportunities to cultivate relationship and in fact let me just put it this way you are cultivating relationship by giving jurors what they need i think this is what people don't understand they're like well sorry you know when do you get your relationship i'm like this is this is the relationship at least this is the context for the relationship that we're going to have with jurors look you're not there to date them you're not there to make new friends you are there to conduct a relationship in a certain way and yes some will be a little bit more relationship and we'll have more laughs and fun and even it's weird to say that but you know what i'm saying where it's just a little bit warmer and some won't be that way but in general the context is we're here to do a job and so you create the relationship the professional relationship in the context of issue because that's what we're there to do now will there'll be places for the more warm relationship you know this is really making me think this is the problem is we tend to define relationship a certain way that's the warm fuzzy you know let's go out and hold hands and 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 tiptoe through the tulips you can define relationship a variety of different ways. The relationship that you're going to have with jurors is going to a little bit be more issue oriented, no matter how warm that communication becomes, because that's just the context in which we are in. 
So this is what I want you thinking about. This is why I want you to come out to the Water Studio because when you see me with live people, mostly people are strangers to me. Some are repeats, but we've never had the exact same group come the same time. It's always new people. And you watch the attorneys, yourself included, learn how to first form the group and then see what happens as the group forms and all the cool things that you can be doing. And we're going to teach you about how to identify your outliers and your liaisons and your leaders. And by the way, your leader is rarely the four person, rarely. You think they are, but they're not. I'll do a Facebook live on that too. But you start to see these people and how you can work with them. It just becomes like, if you're getting bored with trial work, come out to the studio because you are about to learn some amazing stuff. And you get to meet Kent, who I can't obviously stop talking about in this Facebook live. I've teased you so much. All right. Has that been helpful? Do you guys have some questions about that? Um, I'm happy to, to answer questions on relationship versus issue. I just think that this is... This is such an important issue because you've all been trained relationship, relationship, relationship. And I, I want you to do two things. I want you to give me a like. That's one thing. But I want you to do two things. I want you to first change your definition of what we're talking about relationship and two, start to recognize what jurors need, give it to them. And I think you'll have a much easier time in voir dire. Now, if you're wondering, well, how can I talk about my case in voir dire? Or, you know, we can't really get into the issues. I can't really tell them what it's about. Go to the podcast from hostage to hero and listen to the one about how to create your ideal juror profile. And I'll tell you exactly step by step how to talk about your issues in voir dire. You absolutely have to talk about your issues in voir dire. There's no getting around it. In fact, you're wasting time if you're doing pretty much anything else. So questions would be now as likes would be now. That would be great if you want to give me a like. Uh, Kent says he'll be there with the bells on. So that's a reason to come just to meet Kent because he's going to be there. Um, okay. Podcast. If you're not listening from hostage to hero, you are super lame. It is awesome. And people are telling me constantly that it's awesome. We've got five stars on iTunes. If you're not a podcast person, listen, I wasn't a podcast person either until I realized I could do it when I was working out or driving. I mean, why not? There's the likes. Thank you. Why not? Let's do it. So get on from hostage to hero. I'm doing this in depth and you can just have sorry in your brain all the time. Uh, you're already in the From Hostage to Hero Facebook group, so I don't have to tell you to sign up for that. If you are interested in the Amplify project, that's the project we're going to roll out in the spring. Get on the wait list, amplify-project.com. In fact, I've been talking to attorneys all week about this program and asking them what they would like to see in the program. I mean, when do you ever get that? When do you ever get to talk to the creator of a program that is going to be helping you asking, what would you like in the program? Take advantage of this. Let me know if you want me to call you and I will call you and say, listen, if I could design a program that would up your communication skills, give you a place to practice, what would you want in that program? That's what I'm calling and asking. So I'd love to chat with you. Just let me know either here in the video that you want to do that or just reach out and we'll give you a call. It takes about 20, 30 minutes and it's been fun chatting with you guys anyways, uh, those of you who have already called this week. All right. So let's see here. Um... Christy's commenting good. She doesn't want Kent to ring bells. Yeah, it's noisy as, uh, anyway. All right, no questions from you peeps. Are you sure? Really? I was that clear? I'm always very, very clear in my communication, so it's good. 
I'm just loving being part of this tribe. I hope you love it too. We've hit a hundred today in just a couple weeks and less than a couple weeks. Um, so it's been really exciting to see the community that's growing here. Please comment on the things that I post and like the things. Let's, let's get a community going. Look, I don't want you just to be tied to me. I want you to be tied to each other. That's how we learn. All right, if you want to talk to me uh, about the upcoming Amplify project and what you'd like to see in that, let us know. Otherwise, I'm going to let you go this morning and um, I'll talk to you next week on Facebook Live and be in the group, of course, all week long as I usually am. I hope you're enjoying the group. I'm sure enjoying being a part of it. All right, guys, talk soon. That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sorry Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sorry's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today. And until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.